0: and is driving on the highway.
1: This is the the not glamorous behind-the-grid parts of grid life.
0: Why? Because your cell phone service is mediocre and you're going to an event in Wisconsin?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm driving six hours for a day event tomorrow.
0: Yeah, Um, a one-day autocross on an ice pond.
1: Which does sound pretty cool. Uh, You've been to, what, two of these? Yeah. They're so fun. So they fun. are fun. They are very so, fun. So Abe's They're heading just, up
0: to Ice Battle with CWSCC, Semitic Guards Group up there. So.
1: Um, it's a long drive, but as long as the weather is okay, um, I mean, like, the drive from Indianapolis to, uh, like, Stevens Point is not that bad. It's just long. But uh, I was, yeah. I guess, reverse commuting through Chicago. um I, like, I drove through the city during rush hour, but I didn't really run into any traffic because I was going the opposite way, which was nice. Did you go through and, the city or
0: 294?
1: Uh, I took 294. That's not the city. It's 294. Well, I, uh, you know, I I might on the way home um, take the long way and, like, go down 94 and then exit, like, on Willow, maybe, and then just take Sheridan Road, like, south through all the suburbs and like through Evanston, and then just take Lakeshore home because uh, I miss the North Shore right now. I don't that's know. That's actually
0: probably if it's off, if it's like off hours and like non commute times, like if you're going Sunday, that's probably actually not a long way. It's probably like exactly the same as taking the stupid tollway.
1: So and, and it's it's more scenic and yeah, like yeah. Um, doing the
0: bend and Lakeshore drive at night is my favorite drive in Chicago.
1: But my favorite drive is Lower Wacker. Uh, in Lower Wacker is so crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that,
0: dude? There's, uh, it was a, it was it was like end of November, early December when we went to, we did a cruise. For people that that watch the uh, the Gears and Gasoline channel, um, we did a quick cruise around Chicago on a Saturday night. There's probably a dozen of us. We met at Grid Life office, had some pizza in the warehouse, and uh, and then we went for a cruise on. Yeah, we we basically Chris took us on like the, the the Batman tour, like where the Dark Knight was filmed, and uh, Lower Wacker, dude. We pulled down into Lower Wacker like it's probably ten thirty or eleven at night, and it was like we haven't seen snow on the roads, so the roads aren't salty. So like all the street rats and, and car dudes are still out, right? Um, it was insane. We 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 were down there for like three minutes, and then all of a sudden. I kid you not. There was, there was a ten-minute non-stop barrage of like Ricers and Chrysler three hundred C's and everything just ripping past us. Like it was. That's funny. It was literally terrifying. There must have been a thousand cars. No, nope, no shit. Yeah, and people doing donuts around the around like the uh, the uh, like the, the the pillars and stuff. Like it was a mess.
1: That sounds wild. <laughs> When uh, when I lived in the city, the only time um, I had to, like, ride the motorcycle was really, really late at night. So I lived on the north side, and I would, uh, like, I'd get my bike out, and I'd go south, and I'd probably ride to, like, Garfield or something on, on the highway and then turn around and ride back. And then I'd yeah. take, like, Lower Wacker, and I'd just rip around a little bit. But it'd yeah. be, like, midnight because... One, uh, that's really the only time in Chicago without traffic. And it was just, like, a nice time to ride because yeah, the roads yeah. were mostly clear.
0: Lakeshore but. Drive is, uh, it, like, r- rounding the bend right by Navy Pier there when you're going over the bridge by the river. Like, it's one of the coolest. There's, like, 30 seconds of, like, oh, my gosh, this is so unbelievably gorgeous. Like, with all the buildings yeah. to your right or, or to your left, depending on which way you're going. And then, like, yep. The, the lake which is like pitch black except for the pier jutting out
1: into it like 500 feet like
0: it's so pretty yeah
1: yeah. i uh i miss the north shore man yeah there's some cool towns up there too you get you get
0: like just past like evanston and all that stuff you get into the like the far north side like there's uh there they almost become like beachside communities uh well and I'm,
1: i'm not ashamed to admit it uh I was feeling a little bit nostalgic. This week I watched uh, Mean Girls, and I was like, man, this movie's fucking great. Also, uh, The North Side is awesome. Movie. Oh, it's excellent. Um, any person who says otherwise can just, like, stop listening to this show right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just lost a bunch of listeners. <laughs> um, no, but, like, uh, I don't know. That's I, I spent six years on The North Side and, like, in Evanston, and I guess I, I would think of them as my formative years. And so, like... I don't know. Now with like my work situation changing and all that, it's like, man, I kind of, I kind of just want to be in that environment again, you know?
0: Yeah. You just want to be in Chicago, Uber expensive, high property tax bill.
1: Well, I mean, like my property taxes aren't low where I am. So uh, what does it
0: cost you per year?
1: Uh, my house, I think is $6,000 a year. Oh, okay. Well,
0: I mean, for the, for the footprint you have, that's like, that's almost Cook County level. So.
1: Yeah. Um, and, like, of course, uh, Ashley and I talk about it all the time. Uh, we have a really low cost of living in Indianapolis. And so, like, almost certain that if you moved anywhere, um, you won't be able to buy as much or, or to get the, the same kind of uh, amenities that you have now. Um, at the same time, there are, like, parts of the city that I really, really miss. And right. one of those things actually is Walker Brothers Pancake House.
0: I have so, never been there. But it, oh, it, dude. That, that, that was a place where uh, for, for probably a decade, the Chicago group of Type R Buddies, they would meet there all the time.
1: Um, so so yeah, there's like I've what, like been. a half dozen you know throughout the city, but we would always go to the one uh, like in Met. It was uh, something you would do like on Sunday morning. Right. And if you went during when most people were at church, you didn't have to wait super long in line. But like if you showed up at like brunch time, uh, you might wait outside for like ninety minutes just to get holy, cow. you know, food at this place. That's pretty wild. Um, Never been there. I should, I should, I should go to one of those. I think they're all yeah.
0: on pretty much the north and west sides, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, there is none like, down by me. I don't know. I miss, uh, I miss riding my bike on the lakefront path, or like riding north up to Ravinia and stuff like that. I don't know. Just, I miss a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean,
0: Indianapolis is cool. Uh, but in a lot of respects, like Chicago is cooler. It's got a lot of drawbacks, <laughs> but it is kind of cooler. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, that's true.
0: You could live down in the hood by me. I keep trying to get you. You know, you move here, you just move down to the hood by me. It costs like eight dollars. Mm-hmm. Your property taxes will be like the same as you pay right now, and you'll have a <laughs> seventeen hundred square foot brick ranch.
1: <laughs> but well, um, they can't be all bad because you have you have enough indoor storage space to. Park a uh, class A RV. So. Well, but
0: that's at a building that I can't afford to pay the property taxes on, and eventually Cook County will steal it back from me. So,
1: uh, you probably deserved it. Yeah.
0: Well, when the property taxes go, they like when we bought the building, they were like eight thousand bucks, and then now they want them to be almost forty thousand bucks a year. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. So, Cook well, County's a little bit d- broken.
1: But. Doesn't that necessarily imply that they think your building is worth a lot of money?
0: Well, they think so, but then you try to sell it. With a forty thousand dollar property tax bill, and it's only like a, a, fifty by sixty building with a tiny lot, um, and people are like, "Oh, that's a, with that property tax bill, that th- that's only worth a hundred thousand dollars," <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, so I don't have any equity at all?
1: <laughs> that sucks."
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it uh, it's it's not. Uh, you, you would think that, but that's not actually the case. So. Shoot, um, but. Yeah, so eventually I won't have that building, which is fine. Uh, It was we bought it, we bought it cheap, so it was like we bought it for a lot more than they think it's, or than they have made it worth because of the taxes. But, um, but if you look at like what we pay per month, it was cheaper than rent, so whatever. Gotcha. uh, Whenever it disappears, if they figure out how to steal it, whenever it disappears,
1: it'll disappear, and that's fine too. Yeah, but then, well, where will you park your Class A? uh,
0: I don't know. I kind of want to buy. My grandma's. My grandma's got a house. She she got married and lives in a house uh, in Munster, Indiana, and okay. she's got this uh, her house that she owned forever that uh, has like two acres behind it.
1: Uh, okay.
0: And it's an unincorporated Cook County, like only about ten minutes from here, and it's kind of a rad little place. So I'm, we might go there. I'm not sure. Sweet. Uh, we might might purchase that and rent it out to my cousin who lives there currently, and nice. then uh, yeah, just do that. But I don't know, just like
1: we'll have a uh, parking lot of junky RVs on it.
0: Uh, well, it backs up to the highway, it backs up to ninety four, like right at ninety four and I eighty. Um, okay, and uh, and it's got like you know six hundred or eight hundred foot of like like. Uh, backyard basically uh, up to a frontage road so it would be a good place to like park a semi someday if we needed to park a semi for good life or whatever
1: yeah so we're uh i don't know every year our footprint just seems to like grow dude
0: it never ends either like uh, we're trying to figure out logistics stuff with good life and like how to move everything to these bigger events that we want to move there and it's like I can't I can't put all that on my trailer and still take a car. I didn't do it at all last year. So like, do we hire somebody? Do we buy a semi? Do we rent a semi? Do we rent a fifty three foot enclosed? Which is probably going to be the thing we're going to do for a bunch of a bunch of events this year is rent a local car buddy who started a transport company and he's got a fifty three foot straight trailer. So
1: gotcha. Do that well, for some of the bigger I, events. I mean, just like I, I guess it's kind of a good problem to have, but like. Just the amount of movement of material for like merch at Midwest Festival is itself like takes up a lot of space. It's pallets and pallets and pallets of stuff.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, ideally, you sell it all, but like you still got to move it around. Even at, like like at the small events, the medium size events, like you have the equivalent of a car low, a car size spot of merch stuff. And, like, the merch is, like, the thing that makes the events go into the black sometimes. So, um, so for everybody wearing a Gridlife shirt or, uh, or sporting a sticker or a beanie or whatever, we really appreciate you because these events are hard to break even on. <laughs> but, uh,
1: so, uh, actually, my Life beanie, um, I, I really like it. It's way warmer than, like, the hats that I would normally wear. Um, and it's been really, really cold this week.
0: Yeah, it's been a it's been wild here. But Chris does put um, a lot of effort into not buying junky apparel, uh, so like whenever we have things made, it's usually pretty high quality stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm like a big fan. So if you're yeah. if you're tired of being cold, maybe you should buy a Grid Life beanie.
0: Yeah, the uh, the shop is
1: uh, up online
0: if you want to buy anything. So um, we should say before we get any further, we're ten minutes in, but uh, this show is brought to you by. Three groups of folks, and we appreciate all of them. It's FCP Euro, uh, the buddies over at, F- at Apex Pro, and uh, all the Patreons. So we really appreciate all those supporters, and uh, we'll probably say that a few times. So, yeah, we, we do appreciate the Patreon listeners. We
1: have, I think we just put up a show with Andrew Hayes from Hayes GPS, correct? Uh, yeah, and uh, during that show, I suggested that maybe Andrew Raines and Andrew Hayes should talk. Yeah. And those, those two people are talking now, so that's cool. Cool.
0: Yeah, I, I, I thought it was, uh, I, like, I didn't know what to expect with that show because I'd only talked to Andrew for a few minutes at NOLA. Uh, but it was, like, super interesting to hear his uh, car journey and uh, and all of, uh, like, here's how you be, build a product and start to sell it. And it's it's a, it's a cool little niche product. So. Yeah, um, and FCP Euro uh, obviously they just uh, did you see their their announcement? Just they're bumping up to a GT3 BMW that, or Mercedes this year. Uh,
1: yeah, I want so to talk uh, to Mike Mike <laughs> Hurtson about that. Yeah,
0: and, and uh, we also uh, we've got uh, buddies at FCP Euro building uh, Ben Maruski's building a uh, GLTC car, or he has he's built a GLTC car. It used to be his mini that he ran Time Attack with us a bunch of years ago, and. Uh, and uh, and Nate is building a street mod, I believe street mod golf. So, um, anyway, yeah, we got good buddies over there. We appreciate their support, and uh, yeah, uh, eventually so, when we can do not when when it's non COVID world, and we can like uh, buy a few airline tickets a year and go make cool shows with cool people all over the country. So.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually really excited for that. Um, eventually, w- one of the uh, one of the things that I didn't realize was what was it about. I don't know, three weeks ago, you sent me a random text message, and you said, I need this many photos for uh, spec fits, and you right. didn't tell me what it was for, um, and then I was pleasantly surprised to see a bunch of uh, grid life spec fit pictures on uh, the drive website, talking about how awesome spec fit is.
0: Yeah. Or uh, sun- d- Sunday
1: Cup, rather.
0: I didn't know that it was going on the drive, and now it's on the drive, <laughs> so. Uh, it, it was uh, Peter Nelson. He wrote a bunch of articles for us. His first article was written for com, actually. And he's actually made, uh, like, a career out of it. Uh, and he's writing for the new website. is called Car Bibles, but that's an offshoot of The Drive. And it, like, got on the front page of The Drive, I guess. So it, like, my dad, this morning, my dad was like, hey, your mom just sent me something or said that in her Google News feed that, that there's an article and you're quoted in it. And I was like, What? <laughs> Yeah.
1: So, so I just uh, yeah I, I just heard about that. So, so uh, if you're a listener and you know a thing or two about websites, one of the things that I would very much like to do is is make track tuned, like not necessarily make money, but it would be neat if we could solicit articles uh, from people and they would bring in enough revenue so that we could pay those people to write them. Um, that would be neat. I, I don't know how to get Squarespace to do that um, because I don't know how to integrate uh, like the ad functionality from Google ads or, or, yeah. or whatever. But if you know about those things, uh, please message me at a at or a because I would like to know so that we can have cool people write cool articles. I
0: mean, we literally have articles with like a hundred thousand clicks almost so like yeah people, people are reading these articles but um hey whatever i don't know anything about it and i don't want to learn about it that's what we got an Abe for
1: so well i mean sometimes i'll be happy to admit when i don't know um this is a thing that i don't know how to do right. but i'm sure someone who's listening knows about it, so how to yeah. solve this problem
0: uh, what is that? SEO, search engine optimization? Uh, it's SEO,
1: but, like, you have to be able to integrate <laughs> advertisement as well.
0: I have no but, idea what any
1: of it means. So, like, uh, our SEO on, I, I don't remember whose article it was. I don't know if it was Peter's. Who wrote um, who wrote a, a tire test article for TrackTune way back when? Uh,
0: that was David Whitener uh, from yeah. Racing Racing. That he's, article he's has real good buddies with thousands
1: Wallace. and thousands and thousands and thousands of page views. And in part, it's because the SEO is awesome.
0: Go find the ape again.
1: Yeah, I'm here. So, um, yeah, like, uh, Whitener's article has a ton of views or clicks.
0: Yeah, Uh, hang on. So I lost you for a second. uh, Because you're in.
1: Are you in Wisconsin already or no? Yeah, I'm north of Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, man. They don't have any towers up there. So, yeah, that, uh, that. that article's gotten, I mean, especially when it came out, it, it like ballooned for a while. It
1: got a lot of views. So. so, like, uh, doing, I mean, obviously, you're not going to expect every article to do that, but like, to have people write about stuff that they know about is, is neat. Actually, uh, Promo wrote an article about overspringing track cars, and that yeah. one hits pretty well, too.
0: Yeah, got a lot of views on it. So. Yeah, if people want to write more articles, I burned myself out real hard in like a year writing articles, but uh, if more people want to do them, we we'll would love that. Person. My bandwidth is way too limited, and I think Abe's at the moment is as well. But, uh,
1: yeah, I, um, I scheduled uh, my examination for the patent office uh, yeah, for you're March. Become,
0: you're, you're hoping to become a
1: patent uh, agent. Patent agent. Yeah. Yep. So... Uh, a patent agent is like a patent attorney, except they get paid a little bit less, and they don't get to argue in court. Right. Um, what they do is they work with the patent office and with inventors to write patents. Okay. Um, and I've heard it's a really rewarding job because what you're trying to do is you're trying to outsmart the people who want to infringe on that patent. Right. Right. And so, like, part of the job is just thinking about what other people are going to want to do and then literally just trying to beat them.
0: Kind so, of, Kind of a cross between your research and rules writing, which is, like, the yeah, thing that you do. <laughs> it's literally the
1: thing that I do. Yeah. yeah,
0: the two things that you do that might be a good, a good fit.
1: So, um, um, yeah, that, that test is really hard. Um, and I, I think conventionally less than half of people who take it pass. Yeah. So uh, that my test is on March 16th. So I'm in preparation right now. Okay.
0: So you're cramming. Is it, uh, is it reminiscent of your college days of cramming?
1: Um, kind of. Yeah. But like, I'm trying to, I've got a month, right? So I'm trying to pre- like get ahead of it and prepare more. Right. Uh, Cause like the test is expensive and if you don't pass, you, you got to wait a month to try again. So right. I'm trying to get it right on this, uh, this first try.
0: Well, I hope it goes well. Are you gonna are you gonna ruin an entire weekend by joining us at Coda in a few weeks? Uh,
1: that was my that was my plan.
0: Yeah, you're gonna plan uh, on ruining a weekend at Coda.
1: <laughs> well, what I'm doing is uh, wasting weekends to study uh, right. by going to events. Um, but uh, unlike last year, I'm gonna fly. I think so. Yeah. Uh, that does give me some amount of time to like study. So. I am also
0: flying, but I'm not going to say how I'm flying until I say it on a podcast while I'm recording in the airplane. So
1: <laughs> it's
0: going uh, to be so dope and so baller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I don't want to talk about it because I, I feel like it might you be. Don't want to jinx it. Yeah. I don't want to jinx it. So yeah, it's going to be cool. Um, um, my t- my car was on the dyno last week. Okay. Didn't go well.
1: <laughs> oh no! Didn't go well at all. Did you blow a motor?
0: No, I didn't blow the motor. So, I, for listeners who haven't followed along, because I don't talk about my own car that much, I took out the D series Honda and I put in many, many years ago. If you Google Super Street and Adam Jabe, uh, you'll see a feature on my car, and it had a Accord. called the night.
1: It was called the Night yeah. Ripper.
0: Yeah, it had an Accord single cam engine it to a D series trans with like a very low production busy moto F F motor to D trans adapter plate. Um, and, like, he probably only sold 20 of these things. Like, there wasn't very many. Uh, but the F motor, the single cam Accord F motor, it's like it came in 2-liter. I mean, in Japan and Europe, it came in, like, a 2-liter. Here, it came in a 2.2 and a 2.3. Um, and uh, in figuring it out years ago, I, I went through a few motors because I had this tiny crank pulley on that didn't dampen anything, and then it kept killing main bearings until I uh, had a custom fluid damper harmonic balancer made. And then they're, like, dead reliable. So they're super simple engines. They're, like, big, huge D-series. They look like a D-series, too. They look identical. But, uh, yeah, so I put one of those back in. I had to modify the frame rail years ago. Like, it's all moved over and gusseted and crazy looking. But uh, so I put a, I put the same actual motor that my car was featured in Super Street with back in. But I did it, I did it NA and uh, built up a header. Um, it's got a busy moto cam. F22A1 head and an F23 bottom end, so it's a, a bigger bottom end and like the, the good flowing non VTEC head uh, from the older motors. But uh, I did it with custom ITBs that uh, me and my brother and me and Talk kyle built up, so uh, it's cool, like it's fun. Um, but got to the dyno, like uh, with about 30 seconds of work, Mikey and like remote toni- remote tuning. Like go to my PC kind of stuff or whatever he uses. Uh, he got it to idle nicely um, with the Halltech, and uh, and then we got on the dyno and we sorted out the idle. We sorted out low RPMs, but it would not rev above 5,000 RPMs. I kept throwing a, uh, a diagnostic trouble code for uh, crank trigger. Um, it would lose signal above like 5,000, and so I had to move the crank. Tr- I'm looking at the thing I'm like man, I can't get it any closer. But it's off-centered, like the crank trigger sensor. It's like a, it's actually like a like a saw wheel that's on the crank pulley that like you bolt to the crank pulley, you know. And it's missing two teeth, sixty minus two, or sixty minus one. I forget. Uh, but then the sensor is like a physical like half-inch sensor that's on a mount. So I had to build the mount and build everything. Uh, so I got it as close as I could to it, and but the, but I had it off. To the, to the inside about a quarter of an inch and it, when it fired up and ran i thought oh must be fine won't have to remake that mount um and uh it was losing signal because basically it reads right off the middle so it was only reading the edge of the teeth so, i see so i had to move it over to the middle uh, of the sensor so i had to remake the sensor mount and stuff last saturday last sunday and then i also had built a jumper harness because where the same sensor and trigger wheel on my d-series worked i had to extend the wiring but i didn't want to like cut apart any of the engine harness because eventually i'm probably going to put a d15 back into this thing but uh, so i made a jumper harness with the same plugs uh, and so i had more unshielded wire and two more plugs in between you know the the, har- the sensor and the engine harness. So I just ordered a different harness so I can get rid of the unshielded wiring and, like, two more plugs. Um, and um, I made, uh, I'm in the process right now of, like, I was just soldering it up before we talked, um, of making a, a sensor just for the F motor. So hopefully that fixes everything. I'll know tomorrow or Sunday. So, and then go back to the dyno and hopefully be ready for Kodak because I'm hoping to take the car to coda.
1: I hope that um, Mikey makes fun of you for wasting his time on yeah. situations like this. It, it was a big time suck. It was like a it was a Friday after
0: a Friday morning. I called him at like nine o'clock in the morning. I'm like, hey, my semi truck bring in entry doors last. It was this is a week ago last Friday. Uh, I was supposed to bring three doors that I was gonna like bring to the job site and start installing that day. It like wasn't showing up until Wednesday now. So I was like, hey Mikey, what are you doing today? So, so I like rushed through a bunch of like dumb stuff to get the car ready to go, uh, and I, like I painted a couple doors at, shop, at the shop, and then uh, and then got the car on a trailer. Had to dig the trailer out of my brother's backyard. Uh, I borrowed his trailer because I sold the Grid Life enclosed because we're getting a different one, and uh, it's not here. Uh, got the car up to Mikey's, and then got on the. I had to wait like an hour and a half because uh, like a random K Miata just appeared. The dude was like, dude had a bunch of work done up north, and it was like driving past, and came out and recommended, hey, why don't you just go get tuned right now? So I helped Mikey tune that car, like get it on and off the trailer, get strapped down. We tuned the car. It's amazing how fast he can tune a K series. It's like freaking six poles, and he just overlays a bunch of maps, does two more poles, and it's done. It's amazing. That's uh, wild. Uh, so then we put my car on the dyno, and then we found this problem. So it was like a giant waste of a day, but we did get a bunch. Of,
1: I mean, you got to figure these things
0: out. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I had the opportunity to do it last week, to where I wasn't like rushed right before the. Oh sure.
1: So. Are you um? Are yeah. you planning to race? Uh, how many races do you want to do?
0: Uh, I would like to do all the races at Coda because uh, Ben Dozeman and Ben Mitchell are probably dragging my car down if the car's okay. So.
1: Right on. Uh,
0: yeah, hopefully. Uh, I would like to drive Coda one time in my life, so this would be that time. I don't intend to, like, make this a yearly track, but uh, Ben Dozeman has, like, a 53-foot trailer or 48-foot trailer, and his uncle is, like, dragging all the cars down on Tuesday before the event. So I got, like, I got, like a week, and then uh, he'll come pick the car up, hopefully.
1: Cool. So. Um, yeah. So... I think I will be going to Coda as well, uh, but not in any official grid life capacity. I think I'm going in uh, slip angle capacity.
0: Yeah, slip angle might be buying you a plane ticket so you can, so we can do a bunch of shows. Because if you're not there, I won't do them.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're. That's absolutely true.
0: I'll have I'll find way too many things to do. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping you can go. That would be that would be super fun. Uh, it would it would also be like I think it'd be kind of fun for you to not have official job uh but just to like poke microphones at people's faces
1: yeah it's uh i mean i I think everyone can say this but it's amazing how much the world has changed uh between last year's coda event and this one um because like there were people that we talked to at this event that had like i don't even know if you remember there were people that were talking to us about doing some really extraordinary like time attack builds Mm -hmm. um and uh, I don't know what the status is on any of those because, right. well, everything just kind of like stopped.
0: So I, I, when we got to Koda, I had never heard of the coronavirus, the pandemic or the COVID-19. That was like right when there was like, I think Trump shut the border down, like while we were on the way down there uh, from China or like shut down flights from China. And everybody was mad at him. And nobody talks about that. even though I, you know, I wasn't a big fan of him that might have been one cool thing you did um, the like i hadn't heard of this like thing while i was there gary called me and he was like hey uh gary uh, gary old man gary he's
1: uh can you, you do it about, in the? do you hear
0: about the virus and i'm like no what are you talking about he's like oh there's a giant pandemic over in china a bunch of the italian ferrari teams there's a bunch of guys sick they're uh, they're in austin right now still in hotel rooms quarantined i'm like really never heard of it what is it (laughs) i looked it up so like while we were leaving the paddock was where i found out like a a week or a year and one week ago was where i found out about coronavirus
1: isn't that wild we've been doing this for a year yeah
0: yeah it's been it's been one year of stupid so
1: i don't know though um it's, it's cold outside, and I got out to pump gas, and I'm wearing my uh, my surgical mask and, and staying away from people. The surgical mask makes my face warm. Right? Like it does. If you, if you wear that, the only thing that sucks about wearing one is that if you wear glasses, they might fog up.
0: Yeah, yeah that's like, the biggest—that's my only complaint. Like, I would wear if, it all the time.
1: Everything else is better. Like, I don't need people uh, who might be preparing food to be coughing on my stuff. I don't—like, everyone should just wear these. <laughs> <laughs> there plus, uh, plus, plus. I just don't want to look at your ugly face.
0: That's true. You don't have to see the ugly ones as much.
1: So, so
0: get to see yeah. their old, their old navy ninety nine cent mask. So, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. it it uh, pluses and minuses, right?
1: So uh, I have something separate that I want to complain about. That's not car related. What's that? So, uh, well, I guess it's tangentially car related. I. Uh, am trying not to spend too much money right. and uh, the Civic desperately needs new suspension like desperately yeah the, like, all the shocks are gone um, hey, you're
0: driving this car right now right?
1: correct are you going to race um, it on the,
0: on the lake tomorrow
1: or no no because I'm pretty confident that I'd hit something and right. like break the expensive plastic body kit that's on the car yeah. which is the only thing that makes it unique <laughs> like literally um, it's
0: the, it's the thing that's different
1: like the front lip thing that from Mugen is like $1,000. There's, there's no reason for it to be $1,000, but it is, so I don't want to have to replace it. Well, I get um, that. But uh, so I was selling some things around the house, uh, one, anticipating that we might have to move, but two, trying to get some money so that I could buy some suspension for Fortune Auto. Um, <laughs> and I sold uh, like a couple of old computers and then I sold, um, like some exercise equipment for, uh, cyclists, like bicyclists. And it's, it's this, uh, thing, um, it's like drums that you, it, it, drums on a frame that are connected together by like, a kind of an elastic band oh, yeah, and you, yeah. Yeah. you put your bike on it and you have to use your balance and like ride on it, but you're inside. I didn't know um, you had
0: one of those. I would have bought that I, from you. Really? Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, well, well, okay, then listen to the rest of the story. Um, I looked up how much these things were selling for on eBay, and I was like, wow, this is way more valuable than I thought. Right. Uh, so I, I posted it up for eBay, and I, I think I listed it like $300. Um, and a person was local, and he messaged me, and he's like, oh, I live in your same town. Can I just buy it separately? And I said, yeah, that's fine. Um and anyway, he came and he, he asked for a local discount, so he, he got it for 230 bucks. but he'd never used one of these things before, so he took it and, like, I don't know, a couple of days later, he's, he messaged me and he's like, oh, it broke. I was like, okay, well, like, that's weird. I'm sorry that happened. Like, consistently, I'm the person that's like, you know, if you have a problem with it, just, like, you know, bring it back and, like, you can have your money back if you really want um, because that's, I, I don't know, that's just the kind of person I am. Um, but he was like, no, I think I want to keep it So he bought uh, It was the elastic band that broke And the bands are $20 on eBay So he bought a band And uh, Tried to fix it Okay, so he buys a new band And this week he messages Me again and says uh, No, I, there's still something Wrong with it, I really just want to return it And I said, yeah, that's fine um, So he comes to my house and he brings me the the, the rollers only uh, he doesn't bring it with the band that he bought. He he brought it back broken and he wanted all of his money back. And I was like, cool. come on man, like what? <laughs> that'd be like that'd be like if if you went to test drive a a car that I had for sale, you crashed it and then you were like, No, I don't want it. Oh also I'm not paying. Right. Um the least he could have done was like just give, give yeah. me the band that he bought that he's now going to have to return so you can fix like, it. right because I can't even I can't even test now if what he said was wrong with it is actually wrong with it because I don't he broke the thing that makes it go. Right. Um nice guy. but I, I I really just like I really just wanted to tell him to just like get the fuck off my porch. Yeah, that guy <laughs> sucks. Um yeah, it was weird. Like, who does that?
0: Yeah, bad people do that.
1: Anyway, yeah. like, I'm not a fan of Facebook Marketplace in general. Uh, y- you you encounter the scum of the earth on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, I've actually had a
0: few pretty mediocre uh, eBay interactions as well. So, yeah,
1: yeah it happens. What well, like, doing? I mean, and I don't think people use Craigslist Craigslist anymore, do they?
0: I think it's kind of broken now.
1: Okay. So, like, when you need to sell stuff, how do you do that?
0: I don't know. I think you do it on Facebook Marketplace now, unfortunately. Damn it.
1: Um, yeah, so I, I had to deal with that problem this week, and now I have to buy one of these stupid bands just to see if what was said to be a problem is actually a problem, because I don't think it is. It probably wasn't. You probably just didn't know how to put it together and didn't know how to use it. Probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Maybe like, you uh, up full, th- full throttle, girl. <laughs>
0: yeah. FTG man, <laughs> uh, f that guy.
1: But uh, anyway, I'm probably going to buy the Fortunatos anyway. Well,
0: uh, I think you should. Uh, they're they're a decent supporter of Grid Life. We appreciate their help. So, um, uh,
1: and I've been working with uh, Mike and Dan from Pro Awesome. Uh, we did a little bit of measuring, but um, I'm I was it's very cold in my garage. Um, I think I told you that, but like, it's very cold.
0: Yeah, And You're they wanted motion be, ratios and like suspension yeah, tr- geometry.
1: trying to, but like I'm, uh, I'm I, I was being. Like I'm surprised the exact
0: numbers of that car aren't published somewhere. That's they probably what
1: are. I was expecting, but like I couldn't find anything. So we right. looked and I just couldn't find it. They probably but, are,
0: but yeah, how do you find
1: it? Um, we're going to do, I think, 7K fronts and 10K rear springs. Yep. And they're going to do something tricky with. Uh, Dan suggested doing something specific with the valving in the rear to like damp it for a seven and a half K spring instead of 10 or something because right. of wheel ratios or something. Yeah, um, whatever
0: they're the nerds,
1: but uh, I'll let them do their thing. I just want some suspension. Yeah.
0: I, I, uh, I've been talking to Swan, uh, Nick Swan, who's our grid life drift like director basically. Um, and he also works full time at Fortune Auto. Uh, I might try out a set on my car as well and see how they compare to my beloved Whitener Racing shocks. I gave them like the the gist of the spring rates that I like and like what I like about the the, the valving. So might do a compare and contrast. Could be could be super fun. So, well, see. so
1: something this is kind of related. Something that I want to do for track tuned is. Um, do a like a really in-depth um, data analysis for the data that Finch and I collected at Barber, right? Um, because uh, I, I found that you can um, like I, I can do a screen recording um, via Zoom or whatever uh, of what's happening on an iPad. So like I can start and stop the data and like you know in in real time talk about the speed versus distance trace and, like, what's happening. It's something I really want to do because I think the article would be Mm -hmm. half-decent. But, like, it's maybe a thing that's just going to have to wait a month until it gets done.
0: Yeah, nerd stuff.
1: But. Well, uh,
0: uh, especially if you've got uh, the input uh, from both of the drivers and talking about, like, what you're seeing. uh, Yeah, I think that could be a super... Uh, if, if you can watch... the If it's, like, a five-minute super watchable video and you're talking through what both drivers are doing and, like, what you're seeing in the analysis, I think that could be super interesting.
1: Yeah. And so I, like, I put together a, um, like, a rough edit. Um, I'll probably, like, do it again. But, like, yeah, it was, like, four or five minutes. It ended up being, like, pretty good. Yeah. And, um, like, the the usability of the Apex Pro is for me why i like it right um there are other data solutions available and we make uh, no no qualms about that at all but like finch and i were reviewing data in like 10 seconds after coming off the track yeah. because we had ipads handy and like we it, it's very easy to get your uh, your data directly to the device that you want to do your analysis with right so
0: I also think there's there's still something to be said for the lights, like the initial basic thing that that thing did differently than anything else, you know? Um, and those, the, like the lights in conjunction with anything else you're using, like just telling you how you're doing, it gives you a really good, like reliable reference of like how you're braking or turning yeah. is doing versus, like it's a, it's a really base, like intuitive way to like uh, like without without looking at numbers while you're driving on a racetrack you can like see how you're doing like there's it's well, st- that's still super cool
1: uh agreed so cool in fact that uh, it's patented but um i think in this car you know how um you know how the eighth gens have like the the stacked dash cluster right um with a speedo like up near the windshield um one of the things that i noticed was we had the um we had the the apex pro in my periphery sort of like in the center of the windshield to my right yeah um and when it was over there i really i wasn't looking at it because i was consistently looking ahead yeah um i'm wondering if i would like it uh better placed like right below the the digital speedo display so it's like in my field of view yeah.
0: For me, it's been working. I've, I've got it, like, placed in my far left side of my windshield, like, right in that corner. And it seems like uh, there's a higher percentage of left-hand turns in most tracks I go to. So my eyes are already, like, drifting right across of it. Uh, and then it's also an easy, like, quick, like, look left, uh, even in a right-hand turn. Like, it's, you know, even at, like, turn 11 at Gingerman, I could see how I'm doing. It's really intuitive. So.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, ju- I just
0: think it's... Uh, and in braking, like braking... It, it taught me more about braking at the one Track Night in America event I did than, like, any tool has taught me about anything because I finally had time to, like, pay attention to it. Uh, and I was like, wow, I'm being a real, uh, a real nerd on braking here. <laughs>
1: so. Well, I, I don't remember the corner numbers perfectly, so if this is wrong, you know, fight me. Um, at Barber... I think it's like 7, 8. Uh, it's like, you know, you're on a straight, hard brake zone, um, and then there's like this little downhill chicane type thing. Um, I think that's like 8. But uh, I noticed Finch and I were driving that corner completely differently in that um, I hit the brakes in the brake zone nearly at the same spot that he did, but uh, I would downshift uh, into third there, before I really did the turn in and he would like hit the brakes and carry as much speed into the corner as he could still in fourth and then work to make his gear change like right before that final turn in on the, the right hander. And he did that at another spot on the track. And what we found is like, uh, it is a spot where even in my case it feels fast, but just like, uh, just compressing your uh, gear change right to the end, like, made a substantial improvement in time.
0: Do you think it was because you were, you were using the engine to drag the speed down, like like extra braking? Or
1: you were, he was braking harder than you, or what do you think it was? Um, well, I, I, think, I think part of what I was doing was maybe I would um, brake hard, get my shift into third, and then just try and carry some speed or, like, accelerate a little. Until right. I really needed to do that extreme braking. Um, whereas he would, like, chuck it into the corner and then just, like, sort it out and do the downshift right before that right-hander.
0: Okay. So he was going... You were seeing him going a lot harder into those turns, huh?
1: Yeah. And I think the the trying to heel-toe there and, like, make that downshift is just not the right spot.
0: Yeah, doing, and too, he, doing too much and not, not doing enough of any of it, huh?
1: Yeah. And so, like he and I talked about it and he's like, I think you should do this. And it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, I know probably what the faster thing is, but I, I didn't like feel like I had the talent to try and do all that, uh, at the right time in the right location and not um, crash and not crash.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know the feeling.
1: <laughs> well, it's like my first, uh, it was my first weekend back on track. And so it was like, you know, sometimes you're just rusty
0: and it's really like the first time you've driven the car in anger with any kind of tires underneath you too. So.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, um, but it did feel good to like try and, you know, go hard again. Yeah. It's been been like
0: two or three years for you.
1: So. Yeah. I like, yeah. I drove, uh, you know, decently aggressively at uh, Binge Tokyo a couple years ago in the Evo, but like that was the last event that I did before I sold the car. So. Yeah, it's
0: been a while. Good.
1: That was, was kind of like a shakedown just to make sure that the car was like dialed so that I could sell it.
0: I think you did uh, one Honda meet, like like a couple of sessions with your Mugen SI, and like but like barely pushed it because you had yep. you know just all whatever, seasons. all seasons on. It was like a month after you so, bought it.
1: Too. Yeah, I mean it, it's nice. I like uh, I like being on track, but oh well. I, I don't have the, um, I, I don't have like the same um, courage that I used to have in the Evo, or it's like. I'm a more cautious driver now, and I'm okay with that, causing me to be a little bit slower.
0: Yeah, well, some of that comes with uh, with time away, and some of it also comes with. I, mean, I remember when Emma was a little kid, like a real little kid, like she's still pretty little. She's six, but like, I remember when she was a newborn, I was doing some SCCA racing, and uh, my caution uh, went way up, like big time. Like it was just, it just, just happened. Uh, yeah. So it's maybe some of that's just changing family dynamics um, and like responsibilities.
1: So, so we're oh, uh, lost uh again. Yeah, okay. we I'm sorta here.
0: There you go. We got back. Well we're about forty five minutes into this thing. Uh you're probably almost to Stevens you're probably what hour away? Where are you at?
1: Yeah, probably. I think I'm like near Fond du Lac. Okay.
0: Well, I'm not going because I'm working in the morning, uh, but I uh, hope you guys have the best time.
1: Yeah, it, uh, I think it'll depend what time I get out tomorrow. Maybe uh, depending on your schedule and depending how late it is, if you're up and, like, working on a car, maybe I'll stop in and we can do an in-person show. Are you coming home tomorrow or no? I think that's the plan. Chris said he was coming home tomorrow, so. Okay. Um, yeah, let me, it, let
0: me know, and if you're, if you're tired, you can have a couch to crash on. So. Right on. I'll talk to you soon. uh, uh, We appreciate uh, Apex Pro, we appreciate FCP Euro, and uh, obviously all the Patreon buddies.
1: Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon. Have a good
0: time, man. Hopefully you get get to stick the microphone in somebody's face up there. Man, I hope so. (laughs) Be safe, buddy.
1: See ya. Bye.
0: Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubey, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pit Zero Grid Live to say hello.